0: We're the Nata Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood and I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nata Grande Outdoors Podcast where we hunt, hunt it forward.
1: Right. I think we're good. Let's just roll. All right, you're, roll you're, that beautiful. You're oh, Natagrande. man. He's, <laughs> I got it. I got it. We're good. Um, welcome back to another Nata Grande Outdoors Podcast.
0: Why are you whispering? <laughs> I mean, I know we got kids I've, in bed. I've tried
1: but. to just be all chipper, you know, to start the podcast right, cuz right, I know right. where it's going. Yep. Um you know, these these podcasts that we do when we read a New Mexico Wildlife Federation article tend to get
0: amped up.
1: Uh, amped up just a bit. I tend to get fired up because of, um so I've been accused of saying it a couple of times, so I'm going to go ahead and say it this time. I've I've been accused of calling them idiots, um, which to this point, I have never done. Yeah. To this, this point. point. But now I might. T- tonight, I might just break that streak um, because this past article that they put out is a doozy. But we're going to get into that a little bit later. We are. Um,
0: now, before we get too far into it, yeah. I did want to say that I brought this tonight. <laughs> brought, brought the the broke out the old tomahawk, the old key. tomahawk, because Rodney's on a warpath. <laughs> and not I'm not going to gonna lie, I'm going to be on. I was going to say not it's just not me. Just
1: no. uh, last time we last time um, the podcast went on a on a war path, it was kind of you. It kind of was. Um, this time it's it's. It's going to be both of us, but it's going to be a lot of me because um, this, this, this article they wrote, and like I said, we're going to get into some other stuff first, but this article they wrote, they're really counting on, they're really counting on a lot of New Mexican hunters being stupid to
0: not doing their homework and not doing their homework to push this
1: through. But that's what we do. We are here to make sure that our listeners hear the as, truth.
0: As factual of information as, as we can find yeah. and present to you.
1: There's there's definitely going to be some opinion in this. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's our for, podcast. We right? get opinions. Yeah. Um, but, but most of it is just fact,
0: but the, the numbers speak for themselves.
1: Yeah. The numbers are the numbers. You, you you know, numbers are numbers. You know, you can't, you can't decide that you think one plus one is seven. Yeah. It's not. It's two. (laughs) That's that.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh. Am I going
1: there? You go wherever you want to go, Kyle.
0: (laughs) I'll just say this watching the results from this election i don't know it's <laughs> one yeah the plus plus 1 might be 7 yeah, i don't know yeah yeah
1: that's true that's true maybe maybe we maybe that's not why we're as popular as we think we should be <laughs> cuz we don't think 1 plus 1 is 7
0: <laughs> truth that's true that's true okay um so we're like, gonna get like the cup by the way and the sticker on it. Yes, yes, <laughs> appropriate uh, for the podcast. <laughs> shout out to my buddy Dean Bell for giving me that uh, mm-hmm. that cup and that um, sticker on the side. Yeah. Um, before we get to the, the Wildlife Federation article and and um, the Legislative Finance Committee review, uh, we want to put out there some information, uh, so because this is actually a pending change that the Game Commission is going to be voting on Mm -hmm. in January. Mm -hmm. They heard public comment uh, this past week uh, at the Game Commission meeting. I am told that it was... Uh, most of the comment was dominated by backcountry hunters and anglers and Wildlife Federation members. I'm sure. I could not get on. Um, And I have expressed my extreme displeasure to the game department. It was supposed to have been streamed. I at least wanted to watch it. It supposed to have been streamed. I didn't catch it right at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but I came in. I was trying to get on to watch the public comment section, and it was not – Available for streaming, and I couldn't get on. Uh, but sure. Having, sure. having said sure. that, um, the public comments period is still uh, open. So, whatever your opinion, we'll give you our opinion on it. But whatever your opinion, it, uh, you should go at least voice that opinion via email in the public comment section mm-hmm. of the New Mexico Game and Fish website. Uh, If you look under proposed rules, it'll have the habitat stamp, uh, proposed changes, Mm -hmm. and it'll have a a link there for you to do your public comment. And I would highly suggest you do that. In fact, I'm probably going to type up a response um, and put it out there on our social media. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, I don't advise you to copy and paste, but if you want a template, it'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and there's it's funny because you know what we're what we're going to get into here in a little bit with that article and with the audit, um, they're being very cerebral about how they're going to double our license fees, um, but with this one they're just coming straight out and saying that's what we want, just to double your
0: license fee. Well, and it's not actually a license fee. It's no, of it's stamps, your habitat, but stamp, yeah, but still. Um, and let me. Bring it up so um that I'm not talking out of turn whenever uh whenever I talk about this. But um the proposed changes to the public land user stamp um rule and what this is, the habitat stamp. So mm-hmm. let me break it down real quick for you guys out there if you've never if you haven't hunted a lot or have never had, hunted in New Mexico. Um in New Mexico, in order to to hunt, you have to purchase a game hunting license, which is your small game license, non-refundable. Um, and you also have to purchase what they call a HAMAV, Habitat Management and Access Validation. That's one one of those stamps per person per year. It's mm-hmm. a one-time stamp. If you're going to hunt on federal lands, Forest Service or BLM, you have to purchase in addition to the Hamov a habitat stamp mm-hmm. and that's for fishing hunting trapping on federal lands and mm-hmm. it's this habitat stamp that they're that they're talking about that they're ma- they're talking about proposed changes to um again you go to the game and fish website uh, go to game commission items and habitat stamp rule is what it's under um and you can look at the proposed changes, but just real quick, uh, what you're looking at is they want to renew the pr- program for an additional 10 years for that. For that, absolutely. absolutely. for that. Uh, they want to edit language related to Habitat-specific five-year interagency planning documents um, and just basically planning b- with U.S. Forest Service and BLM. Um they want to consolidate the five existing citizen advisory committee jurisdictions into a single citizen advisory committee with a statewide jurisdiction. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, they want to require that at least 50% of the habitat stamp f- funds over a five-year period be spent on projects that benefit fish. Oh, what? yeah, okay, I'm okay with that. Um, and then increase the fee of the habitat stamp from $5 to $10, and include language in the rule to allow the stamp fee to adjust automatically in relation to the consumer price index. This is the one I have a real problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, let me break that down for you. So they want to increase the fee, f- they want to double the fee. Mm-hmm. And tie it to the consumer price index, which means every time the consumer price index goes up, your habitat stamp goes, goes up. Goes up. Um, now, that may not sound like a big deal. Five to $10, but yeah, what's five you, bucks? Yeah, what's five bucks? But when you're looking at um, a family that purchases licenses every year, that's an extra $20 uh, on that family, in addition to the 1% license. Increase their the about. legislative finance committee is suggesting, um, but the problem that I have with it is this was not in the original proposal by the game and fish. Mm-mm. The original proposal, um, basically, you can sum up most of most of the. Uh, First things that we we talked about was in the original proposal. They're talking about increasing going from five districts to three districts mm-hmm. across the state, and increasing the funding from uh, seventy five thousand to one hundred fifty thousand, I believe, um, which would increase the amount of money that is budgeted to that habitat stamp program. Now, when you look at Uh, the Game and Fish financial review for 2020. This was in April of 2020. They have a year to date budget and the Habitat Management Fund, which is the fund that manages these stamp funds to put habitat projects on federal lands, which is a match by the way, with the federal agencies was 300,000, 300,000 was budgeted. Um, total expenses 205,000. Um but here's the thing that you really need to look at. The revenue, first of all, the sum of collected revenue into the habitat management fund was 996,000. Mm-hmm. So they have budgeted 300,000, they made 996,000. The cash balance by fund as of April 30th of 2020, $3,030,669. Mm-hmm. So why the increase? Yeah. Very simply. Why the
1: increase when the department didn't even want it? The department didn't even want it. Yeah. That's that's the big question. And, and a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about later might shed a little light
0: on it. Yeah. Real simply, I mean, we can touch on it now. Um, talking to... Uh, sources I have inside the department, talking to people from the department and talking to those who were watching that uh, process, the increase from $5 to $10 for that stamp was solely pushed by Wildlife Federation Mm -hmm. and New Mexico Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Mm -hmm. chapter. Um, And that then was taken on by their by their supporters yeah. within the game commission. Um, some high level, the chairwoman the, that are connected um, with the game commission. Yeah, um, they the, the commissioners then pushed. Getting a little bit of feedback. Getting a there. little bit of feedback. There. Um, the commissioners pushed that dollar increase proposal. Yeah. So, having said that, I think it's extremely important that we go voice our opinion and say, no, we do not want this done. Um, It's not a vote for us because the game commission is going to do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, I'm very wary of that simply because it has not played out well for us in the past. No. But um, you should at least... Voice your opinion.
1: Yeah, we absolutely got to voice our opinion, and I'm not one for trying to knock down conservation money. No, um, conservation, you know, for our wildlife and our wildlands in this state is very important. But I think w- what we're talking about here is the fact that that the department didn't want it; they didn't request it. It was pushed and put in by outside organizations. Yep. And uh, I think for a reason. Um and that makes me nervous. <clears throat> you know, particularly we'll we'll discuss that when we get into this article. Um but when you have a 3 million dollar stash anyway. Yeah. And your budget is less than what you made in a year. Yep. Why are you pushing for an increase? Right. You know,
0: simple economics don't justify it. I've
1: been around a while. Yeah. I can smell a rat when there's a rat. Yeah. And that's, there's a rat. There's, yeah. there's something here. There's, there's, it's not just, we need money for conservation. No. It, and for the purpose of it, like you said, the habitat stamp is for habitat work. On these federal lands. Right? And
0: and so, and here's the flip side of that. If, if, let, let's play devil's advocate mm-hmm. and say, um, the intent was we need to get more money on the ground from our projects. That's, that's fine. They have the money to do that. The problem is the game and fish budget is approved by the legislature. So if you're mad about there not being enough money on the ground for projects, you better talk to your legislators because mm-hmm. that's where that happens. Mm-hmm. That budget is taken by the game and fish to the legislature says, this is what we want to do. And the legislature hacks, hacks and slashes and says, you can, you can't, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So that $300,000 that's being spent annually, if you want that to increase, do that through the legislature, mm-hmm. but there's no reason to increase that increase no. that money. No, there's no increase. No, no reason when when yeah, your, when your budget is three hundred thousand and you're bringing in three times that. Yeah,
1: and you've got three million dollars stashed away. Yeah, I mean that quite literally. You have enough if you don't make a penny. You have enough to carry you for ten years.
0: Yeah. So if you just completely stop yeah. the program.
1: Yeah. So. Which we don't want. We want to keep the program. $5 is cool. I don't know, understand why it's got to be 10 We live in New Mexico. This is not a rich state. Yeah. There are a lot of people that that is going to affect. There are certain people on um, social media who um, push this and are heads of certain organizations that don't mind that extra $5 because you're making $5 an hour more than 99.9% of New Mexicans. Right. So stop digging in our pockets when you don't (laughs) need to.
0: Right. when there's not a need,
1: when there's not a need,
0: when we, if we were to come at these numbers and find that we have a budget shortfall that we're not making the money. Mm -hmm. um, That's when you start, you know, looking at, okay, what can we do? We need, do we need these projects on the ground? Mm -hmm. We need that money. That's where you start looking at, okay, do we need to do an increase? Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, it wasn't too long ago. That they implemented this thirty dollar hunt fish game license. Game license, yeah. right? And now they want to increase it from five to ten dollars. That's forty dollars, not counting your hamov before you ever step out the door. Yep. Period. Forty bucks. Used to, you could get a bear, deer, and turkey for that. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. I understand inflation, but still, I mean, come on. The money's already there. Yeah. We don't need this money. We don't need to be taking this money from New Mexicans to increase anything. Yes. So, So that's kind of the point. We just don't need it. This doesn't need to happen. At some point in time, if it needs to happen. And then the other part is, like you were talking about, with the literature being in there, that they can just raise it. You know,
0: as a consumer, as the consumer price up? index goes up, that that's an automatic. God. That they're they're trying to get that so that happens. No matter you don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, by twenty twenty five, it's going to be thirty bucks. Yeah, you know they're going to price us out of hunting, and they keep saying things like, uh, "We're turning hunting into a rich man's sport." Yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> quit raising our fees, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, you
0: hadn't got it, too, you got hadn't got to, too. too crazy yet i'm saving it yeah i'm saving it well where do you want to go next I'm saving it so last last point on that guys tell your friends um you go you need to make sure that you voice your opinion go to the Mexico game and fish website look under proposed rule changes go to the habitat stamp rule change and do an email for public comment where to next are we ready Well, I'm just asking, do you want to hit the legislative review first or you want to hit the article?
1: I'm going to go off just a little bit. All right, go for it. So there's a couple of things. So I follow the New Mexico Wildlife Federation on social media and their articles that they write. And um, we've had several podcasts around articles that have been written by the New Mexico Wildlife Federation. And as I said to date, I've never I've never said anything bad about them. I've I've said that I don't agree with them. I've 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 uh, said that their facts are wrong because they're not facts; they're opinions, and uh, and they misconstrue information. Um, this article is BS. Yep, it's complete BS. It is a communist propaganda <laughs> it's just it makes me so angry um because they're extremely cerebral about I mean, the way it's written it's extremely cerebral because it's very misleading by but but still not
0: overly incorrect yes so they take they take the yeah. information but they present it in a in a way that that tends to skew the reader's view exactly. of the information. Exactly.
1: So the name of the article is "The State Audit Finds New Mexico Shorts Residents on Elk Licenses Compared to Compared with Other States." All right. So
0: that in and that and in itself
1: no. pisses me off because I don't care about other states. Okay. You're supposed to manage game. They use this all the time, right? Right. The the North American model of wildlife conservation, right? Gives how, management how, to how the states. Often do they use that? And then they just ignore it. Yeah. Right? Um you manage your wildlife by science. Not because Arizona's doing it. I really don't care what Arizona's doing. Yeah. I don't care what Colorado's doing. Damn sure don't care what Texas is doing. All right. Um our herd is not in Arizona. Yeah. It's not in Utah. It's not in Colorado. Our herd is here. Yeah. We have different terrain, different numbers, different environment completely. Right? Don't care about Arizona, Colorado, none of that stuff. So just the title.
0: And then and then Well not the, only that, uh, but the title in and of itself um makes you think that all elk licenses Mm -hmm. Like, residents are being shorted on all elk licenses. When the actual review that they're talking about, Mm -hmm. actual numbers, put together by the Legislative Finance Committee, Mm -hmm. is only talking about the E-plus system. Correct. And we know for a fact that both the Wildlife Federation... And New Mexico BHA have mm-hmm. been gunning for the E Plus system, mm-hmm. and they want to get rid of it. Yep. And we're going to talk about why that's a bad idea here in a minute. Again, yep. we're going to talk about numbers, and then we're going to tell you our opinions yep. on why it's a bad yep. idea. And, and, and not and to say to that clarify, the E Plus system is perfect, right? Right. It's there got are some changes that should yeah, be made.
1: Absolutely, there are changes, you know, tweaks and adjustments here and there, you know. But all right, we'll start off by saying this, okay? The the E Plus system is the last current system that we have where we have some sort of management control of a big game species on private land. Right. Okay. We gave it up on antelope a year or so ago. Right. And just the numbers, we we did a podcast, a follow-up podcast on that. We did a podcast on the change and then we did a follow-up podcast a year later on the effect it had. Doesn't look good. Right. Deer have been that way forever. And according to this report, the deer have been in decline forever. Yeah. Okay. So, so let, we have a good elk herd. Good elk population, rising elk populations, and they want to do away with the system that
0: provides for management. Provides
1: for management of that herd on private land. Yeah. They want to do away with it. And why? I mean, I was frustrated when they got rid of the antelope. But now it, we've got two organizations I'll t- I'll t- pushing I'll tell, I'll to get rid of E+. Plus.
0: Well, I know why. Because we I, want another tag.
1: We want another tag. <sighs> it's part of it. And they're also, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to get into the assumptions of why. Um, <sighs>
0: You're being much more restrained than I thought you were going to be. Oh, dude. Yeah.
1: We ain't got into it yet. No, we haven't. That was just the title, dude. I know, I know. Um, New Mexico Department of Game and Fish Distribution of Elk Hunting Licenses benefits private landowners and out-of-state hunters at the expense of resident hunters. An audit by the state legislative committee has found. It didn't find that, for one. Yes. Okay. There's no evidence of that in that audit. None whatsoever. None. Zero zip, zilch. It is to the benefit of the elk herd that that system is run the way it is. Sorry, there's no two ways about it. That's a fact. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. It's to the benefit of the elk herd that it is run that
0: way. We'll get into that as we go through this article. Um, But again, they use use information, so uh uh-huh. They use information and they present it in a way that leads you down a path. Yep. Um, again, elk. The distribution of elk hunting licenses benefits private landowners and out-of-state hunters at the expense of resident hunters. Is yep. not true. No, it's not. Let me give you some numbers. Mm-hmm. You ready? Well, before you get into those, I just
1: want to say this though too. It it does not benefits. Uh, it does not benefit out-of-state hunters for one. It does not benefit it it, in a roundabout way it benefits those who have money, who can afford to utilize the system as it is put it as it is in place. Yeah. Right? That has nothing to do with whether or not they are a resident. Because plenty of residents use the E plus system. Right. Plenty of them. Okay. The defining factor in this is how much money you have, not where you live. Yeah. All right. So the system that's in place allows people who have money to purchase trespass right. rights from private property owners who have elk on their property.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So give you some numbers. And and to combat this statement that the distribution of elk hunting licenses benefits private landowners. Blah blah blah. All right. In 2019, let's use 2019 because it's a it's a year. 2019, 2020. Full numbers, is a year we have full numbers across the board. Total number of elk licenses sold in 2019 was thirty five thousand and some change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Total number of draw licenses twenty two thousand and mm-hmm. some change. Total number of private licenses was thirteen thousand and six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now you start breaking that out. In the draw, mm-hmm. nineteen thousand and some change was resident licenses. Yep. Ten or one thousand and some change was non residents, and then you had fifteen hundred ish or the outfitter pool, mm-hmm. which is resident and, and non resident. Mm-hmm. On the private side, nine thousand and some change was non resident. On the E plus system. On the E plus system. Three thousand six hundred and some change resident. On the E plus system. Mm-hmm. So you tell me where the distribution of elk hunting licenses is benefiting Private landowners and out-of-state hunters at the expense of residents. Yeah. Residents, overwhelmingly, two-thirds yeah. 74%. of elk licenses
1: in New Mexico go to residents. Yeah, 74%. And I don't want to hear, I don't. I, a lot of people are going to say, well, what about, we're supposed to get 84%. No, we are mandated to give 84% of public draw licenses, not 84% of all licenses. 84% of public land. Draw a license or eighty percent yeah, eighty four percent of public land draw licenses. Yep. Those go to residents. Yep. They do, they put out a report every year, I read that report every year. There's a few discrepancies every year, but eighty four percent of those tags go to residents. One hundred percent of all public land cow tags go to residents. Yep. All right. That that's not at the expense of residents. It's just not.
0: Uh, yeah. So I was I was going to jump in because you you have some fisk some financial numbers. I have some
1: financial numbers. Yeah.
0: So, well, do we want to go there, or do we want to kind of continue through and then no, come back?
1: No, no. Let's let's go down through the article. Kay. Um. So, and I'm gonna you know dismiss the rest of this uh, Wildlife Federation article. I mean, it's got a lot of things in it that. Um, what I want to do real quick, just, we've done this before and I just want to do it again. I want to explain this E plus system so everybody understands how E plus works, because I don't want you listening to this podcast and wondering, well, how does E plus work in the first place? Okay. So E plus is pretty simple, right? You have core and not core, which, which wow. is now called. Primary management
0: zones. Three, three different zones. Mm-hmm. You have a primary management zone, yep. which was formerly called core. This yep. is this is habitat we expect elk to, to be in, me. and we are managing elk herds actively yep. in those uh, in those areas. Mm-hmm. You have a secondary zone, which is everything outside of primary mm-hmm. that basically you don't. the The habitat is not prime for elk. There may be elk in the area, but the game and fish has deemed it basically um, they're not going to they're not going to actively manage those animals with a fine tooth comb like they do in inside Correct. the the prime habitat. And then you have a second, and then you have a, a special zone, and those are very few. There's there's just a few within the state where um, the land ownership of those units. Uh, such as let's say fifty-four, mm-hmm. um, it does not lend itself to the algorithm that is prime habitat. It is it is should be in the primary habitat zone, but the way that the algorithm runs in the primary zone, um, basically you would have absolutely no public tags because it's a large percentage of private land in that yeah. unit, and they would. Gobble up all the tags based on the algorithm. Yeah. So it's the game department again providing opportunity to public hunters mm-hmm. yeah. by creating that zone.
1: So we'll start with secondary. Yeah. Right? Secondary management zone is pretty easy. There's still public land draw tags. Mm-hmm. They still have a draw, still 84%, 6%, 10%. Okay. Yep. All of that's still the same. Okay? Publicly
0: accessible land. You can. Private
1: land. Private land. In the secondary management zone, private landowners can purchase as many tags as they want. Yeah. So used to be you had to go through the Department of Game and Fish. You no longer have to go through the Department of Game and Fish. You can just purchase them.
0: Landowners have to get a ranch ranch number, and then anybody they want to allow to trespass and Mm -hmm. hunt an elk on their private property can purchase a license license and go hunt on their property. Now, having said that... um, you know, it's. I think it's any five consecutive days. It gives a certain period. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Yeah. It's it's actually a little bit more lenient than like the deer or the pronghorn because those ones have to coincide with the public.
1: Yes. The public public hunt hunt dates. Hunt dates.
0: Yes. There's. It's a little bit more lenient on that. So, uh,
1: I, I'm not sure how many what the numbers are of those. Um, the the E plus the portion of the E plus tags are in the secondary zone. But I do know that um, they're not like a part of the, the allocated tax. The, the private landowners can, again, like you said, get a number, have anybody come out to their property and hunt, they just have to purchase the license. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. In the primary management zone, the way they do it is we'll look at unit 34. They will look at unit and they will say okay there's this many acres of private land and there's this many acres of public land and due to herd size we are going to allow 2,000 sustainable harvest yes sustainable harvest harvest, due to scientific research studies on the elk herd cow to calf ratios bull to cow ratios all of that stuff they say we're going to give 2,000 elk tags away in this unit. Mm-hmm. okay, That's not the real number, but for, for sake of argument, that's what we're going to say. Then they look at, like I said, they looked at the public land and the private land, and they say, okay, there's 50% of the land in this unit is public, and 50% is private. So they're going to take that allocation of tags, and they're going to split it. Yep, 50% of those tags are going to go to the public, and 50% are going to go to the private. Now, the reason that is, is because you can't... Have seventy-five percent of those tags go to the public land because seventy-five percent of those elk are not on the public land. Correct. Only fifty percent are. Correct. So we can't over flood and kill all of the elk on our public land. We have to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So it's an even split. Yeah, and it, how, and it's, and it's then,
0: not even. It's actually so it's an even split as far as as far as the land mass goes, but mm-hmm. where those tags go, actually um it's probably a smaller percentage of private landowners that get those tags because they have to sign, they up. Have to sign up yes
1: for it. yeah but so you, but, you, but that's how that works right. okay so then you, you have small contributing ranches mm-hmm. and they guess what they have to do draw tax mm-hmm. <laughs> they actually have to draw, draw tax they're put in a private land pool and they have to draw these tax right so kind of okay. like us and these private landowners get these authorizations
0: which is not a license yeah
1: it's just an authorization and then they can say hey kyle you want to hunt my property and you say yeah sure um what are you going to charge me and they say i'm going to charge you five thousand dollars to trespass on my property and hunt an elk buy a license from the game and fish and then and then you have to
0: yep take that authorization go
1: purchase a license yeah and you have to pay the state to buy the license
0: just like they're just a public draw they're a just
1: charging you
0: Trust for us. the meal yeah
1: when you go into a restaurant and you want a meal you look at a menu and you say oh yep I can afford this one so the state's the menu and you look at the private land and you say wait I can afford to hunt on this property yep I'm going to contact them but I can't afford to hunt on this property because they're too expensive that's how it goes yeah okay but just they just get authorizations People still have to purchase the tags. That money goes to the state. The uh, the, the trespass, the the people, some people provide guides, outfitters, meals, lodging. Yep. Some people don't provide anything.
0: They you know, provide that's you that's a just key how, to the
1: gate. Yeah, they, a key to the gate. That's all they give you. Some people sign up for a unit-wide program. And in that unit-wide program, they make a swap with the state. And they say, hey, you're going to give me two authorizations but i want my authorizations to be worth more so i want it to be unit wide which means my two hunters can go hunt on public land but all of your public hunters can also come hunt on my private land yep and it's a not so fair trade to public hunters in my opinion
0: i would agree there
1: are some areas that it is a great trade because you might have a large area of public land that is landlocked by private and you have no way to get in there. So this one guy says, Hey, I'll trade you. Yep.
0: That's and you I can, can let that.
1: your public land hunters come through my private property so they can get to all this public land. Yeah. So not all the fairs, not all the trades are fair, but some of them are. Yeah. So to me, it just, that. Part of it needs to be tweaked, but it doesn't need to be just eradicated. Right. Just tweak it. Right. You know? Um, so that is, in a nutshell, the E-plus system.
0: And basically what, it,
1: well, basically what it allows us to do is manage elk on public land. And another thing that it allows us to do is work with private landowners, mm-hmm. especially private landowners who own large chunks of property, large chunks of Necessary elk Alk. habitat mm-hmm. to create a viable elk herd. That's what it does. Yeah.
0: It compensates those landowners for mm-hmm. providing critical habitat, yep. uh, especially when you look at uh, areas that have, uh, let's say, small or in holdings of private land within yep. large public land mm-hmm. areas. Those are, those become refuge and every I, I, I get it. I understand because we've 134 mm-hmm. and had a, had a, you know, great six by six across the land on, on private property. But those havens are necessary to create some rest for those. Yeah. And,
1: and another thing that you just said though, creates compensation. Okay. But who's providing that compensation? I'm not going to say non-residents because I think that's BS, it's people with money. People who can afford, who to, can pay pay for afford to pay runs. for those trespasses fees yep. are providing the compensation to the landowners for us. Correct. The BHA's idea is for us to provide compensation with those extra five dollars. So this is a, this is a
0: conversation <laughs> that we had with with. Uh,
1: Just say New Mexico BHA. New Mexico BHA. Okay.
0: Um, they, their idea was for us to do away with the E-plus system mm-hmm. um, and, in turn, compensate those landowners monetarily. Yeah. Having said that... That comes out of our pocket That right will, now. That will come out of hunters, trappers, and anglers' license fees uh-huh. to the state. Mm-hmm. So rather than... Okay, and not only that... Now, those landowners are going to say, We're not getting compensated, or, you know, we're not getting compensated enough. So, one of two things you either come get your animals, yeah, which they can do. We have Jennings Law here in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Or um, they're just going to say, Yep, nobody can come yep. onto my property. And so now, not only are people who can afford to go hunt those animals, not going to get a chance, but nobody's going to get a chance Mm -hmm. because guess what happens whenever the next step is we start talking about forcing landowners to allow public hunters. And that is not, no, that
1: is not, that is, that is outside of the realm of hunting, um, political BS. Yeah. So that we, we, yeah. So currently we have a bunch of rich Texans paying for, all of the compensation for our elk that we own—it's one of the things that they say. These are public animals; the public owns them, and they are benefiting from them. No, we are benefiting from them. We benefit from it yep. because somebody's going to pay for the elk eating the grass on the private landowners' land. Yep. Okay. Right now, we got a bunch of rich Texans doing it. That's what we got. Yep. Right. They want us to start paying for it, so. They're basic, I mean, we get a general kind of idea of what they want. They want 84% of all tax, E plus and public draw.
0: They want us to be like, to go to residents. They want us to be like Arizona where everybody has to draw. Yeah. Private landowners don't get anything.
1: So check this out. I ran some numbers. Yep. Now we'll get into these numbers. Currently under the current system with the elk tags that were given out in 2019 and the elk prices that were used. The state made license prices. the license prices. This doesn't count any trespass fees that, that landowners strictly got. This is strictly fees. license fees. This is what the state made, the Department of Game and Fish made, by selling elk licenses across the board, public draw and E+. Resident we, and non-resident. Yeah, we made 8116000 and some change, selling licenses, those twenty. What was it, 25, 23, 25 30, license.
0: total 35, 35, 000 000 licenses? Total 35,000. 35,000.
1: Okay. Under the system that they are vaguely proposing, full 84% of all licenses being drawn and, yeah. and residents get 84%, we would make $5,179,000. we are losing $3 million. Right. Roughly.
0: If we go to that system.
1: Roughly. If we go to that system, $3 million. The department is not going to in any way, shape, or form, the state is not going to allow it, the Department of Game and Fish is not going to allow it. The Commission is not going to allow them to lose three million dollars. They're going to adjust to cover that three million dollars. Right. What are they going to adjust?
0: License fees. License fees. So where else can they adjust? That's where so there's two main funding sources mm -hmm. for the game and fish. First is federal uh, match dollars, mm-hmm. Pittman Robertson, Dingle Johnson, et etc. et cetera. And license fees and license That's fees. That's it. So we can't get any more Pittman Robertson dollars. Nope. Because it's allocated yeah. by how much habitat we put on the ground. Yep.
1: Yeah. And that Pittman Robertson is a match. Yep. So instead of losing three, you're losing six. Correct. So your fees are going to go up. Yep. To cover that $3 million. So guess what your ninety nine dollar elk license just went up to.
0: Yep. Right now you're you're right now you're paying ninety nine
1: dollars for a bull for a bull. You know what it's going to go up to. And and this is, I just figured the bulls okay, one hundred fifty four dollars. Yep. One hundred fifty four dollars, so half again. What you're already paying, you're going to go from one hundred to one hundred fifty
0: four.
1: Yep. So. How big is guess that $5 right. now?
0: guess it's right in line with our habitat testing, yeah. right?
1: How big is that $5 now? <laughs> right. You know, because this money is not going to go away. But it's even going to go up more because they want to monetarily compensate these landowners yep. for the money that they're losing. All right? So that $154 just became $250. Mm-hmm. All right? We can go hunt in Colorado for that price. We won't be able to next year because they're going to put all them wolves up there, and there's not going to be any elk left. But <laughs> 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 that's another podcast. it's another um, podcast. But still, that that I, I don't understand what makes them think we're going to bite this. Yeah, unless they just think we're a bunch of ignorant people who don't know what's going on. It's not the Department of Game and Fish that is pushing these prices it is outside organizations who have ties to the game commission and which brings us to the next part of this article that we're going to talk about they're wanting to combine the department of game the the game commission with other natural resource commissions in an effort to get money from the game fund yeah, and spend it on other projects, and it straight up says that in the
0: article. Yeah. So before we get there, um, I, we'll we'll wrap up with um, with the elk elk license stuff. So the other thing that you got to remind <clears throat> remember about um, this is we're not just talking about revenue for the department. We're no, not just talking about license. Sales, you also have the economic impact of all these people coming in out of state
1: it, and not just not just economic impact i mean I mean you know when we 're the millions of dollars that we 're talking about here it 's not just that 's just license sales right mm-hmm. so we we talk about making up that three million dollars um, in license fees, but how are we going to make up the millions of dollars in revenue? That's spent in these towns, that's spent on the hotels, that the jobs that are going to be taken away. All right. So like like we talked about earlier, a lot of these ranches provide lodging, Mm -hmm. meals, guides. These are jobs. Yep. These are actual jobs that actual New Mexicans have that these organizations are wanting to get rid of. They're not even taken into account. Yeah. You know? There's there's no mention of that in this article. Right. There's no mention. I mean, if they want to be 100% transparent, where's that paragraph? Right. Where's the paragraph of you know the single mother who's a camp cook for one of these outfitters on these private ranches? Yeah. That her job is now going to go away.
0: Yep. I, yeah, and that's the thing. Is it? It's it's pretty clear whenever you get into it that they haven't. Either they haven't thought completely through it, or they don't care.
1: Well, it's pretty pretty clear to me that it's not about wildlife management. No. That it's about monetary gains for themselves. Yeah. And what they're using, the, the, the stick that they're using, the angle, is that residents are going to get more tags. No, you're not. Yeah. Okay? And the reason that you're not is because those tags are going to go to public land hunters And then it's going to increase public land hunting, which is going to decrease public land herds. Yep. Period. Period. That's the way it happens.
0: Yep.
1: It's supposed to be managed with science. And that's it. Science dictates how many public land hunters can be out there. Yeah. You can't increase that number with private land elk. You just can't. And we cannot, we've already said this, we cannot force ourselves onto private land. We had a system with the antelope where we could get onto private land, but they got rid of that.
0: Yeah. Well, not they, <clears throat> the department and the game commission decided yes. to go away with it because of public pressure because yeah. they weren't drawing enough licenses. Yeah. Yeah. Period.
1: And you know, the effect is, it's a very large effect yeah. and, and it's just not, it's not a viable option. It's just not, Yeah, it's not a good option at all. Um, I don't know how Arizona's system came to be, Colorado's system came to be, Texas's system came to be. I don't know how those systems came to be, but I know what we have here in New Mexico. We have great hunting opportunity here in New Mexico. Um, We don't have a point system. That's great. We we have good public land hunting here. Um, We know people that draw elk tags 38 out of 40 years, you know, we draw tags regularly, you know, educate people on how to draw. Yeah. And, and we, we're sitting here saying, we, we talk about all the time. We tell people our tricks and and what we do to, to help draw because we want people to be able to hunt and that's giving of ourselves to help others, but not taking from somebody to help others.
0: Yeah. There's a big difference. Huge difference. Huge difference. <clears throat> all right do we want to how far do we want to get into this legislative review
1: the only other thing that i that really concerns me that that i really have a problem with and this kind of goes back to that whole five dollar increase in the habitat stamp is the part about them combining the game commission with um other commissions with other natural resource commissions um that money is specifically set aside, and, and to to the Mexico Wildlife Federation's credit, they gave it a tiny little blurb at the end of their article. One, that, one, 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 one sentence, loop, yeah, that they support the Game Commission staying its separate entity. Yeah. So I'll give them credit for that. You know, and I do think that that's extremely important because of the simple fact that all money that goes to game and fish from hunters. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be mixed with other organizations, with other commissions.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing that this legislative, um, there's a couple of things that I have issue with on the legislative yeah. review. <clears throat> the legislative finance committee. First, first thing I have is the problem of the legislature telling the wildlife professionals what to do. Yep. We, um, you, you see, Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to work.
1: No, you're not supposed to legislate this stuff. No. Science is supposed to dictate how this goes. Correct.
0: And so, <clears throat> two two things. Um, in that article, or in the, in the review, the legislative review says, Game and Fish takes great effort to set hunt levels for big game in a way that sustains herds. Yep. They do. Yep. But then they go on to say, however... Landowners and out-of-state hunters, not New Mexicans, and public land hunters are the beneficiaries of department policies. These policies directly impact legislators, local constituents, and Game and Fish could be more transparent in reporting these social outcomes to the legislature. I don't know how more transparent it is that you and I can go onto the website mm-hmm. and find all of this stuff.
1: All of these numbers.
0: How and transparent. It is. And not only that, the policies are not benefiting overwhelmingly landowners and public and out of stateers, no, We yeah. have proven by the numbers that New Mexicans have the overwhelming majority, 74% yeah. of elk licenses yeah. going to them in New Mexico. And,
1: and even more than that, well,
0: I mean, we, you know,
1: there's proof in the article. Exactly. Right? There's proof in the article right here. And here, here, here's another point. The, the, the number one beneficiary from this system is the herds. It truly is. And here's why. Hunting licenses sold. Number of hunting licenses and revenue, okay? Residents got 293,830.
0: So uh, in in the legislative review, you're looking at what page? Yeah,
1: so I'm looking at... Oh, I can't touch the screen, dumbass. Page six. <laughs> okay. Um, number of hunting licenses sold. Residents got 293,830. Non-residents got 93,000. Yep. Okay? The revenue brought in by that... For the residents, was five and a half million. Yep. But by the non residents, and this is license sales, 10.4 million. So that many more tags sold to, to residents, you know, 293,000 to 93,000. 200,000 more residents' tags sold.
0: Yep. Created half as Five much. million
1: more dollars brought in by non residents. Yep. And what does that benefit? It benefits wildlife. wildlife. It, though that money goes to wildlife habitat projects, it goes to
0: again two main funding sources for game of right? fish:
1: licenses, licenses, and the excise taxes. Federal taxes, exactly. So when you look at that, it is greatly benefiting residents. Those non-resident hunters are the it provide the vast majority of the money that goes to providing these herds with good habitat partnerships with landowners to provide herds with good habitat.
0: This is what money towards federal lands to put projects on the ground.
1: Exactly. Uh, This is, this this is how it works. This is how the, the herds were created and how they've been made sustainable in this state at the current numbers. And, if you take that away, you're only going to hurt residents. You're only going to hurt residents by depleting the herd, taking away funds for these projects and making it more expensive for residents to have to spend on a less impressive product. Right. And that I don't understand how they don't see it. We've invited members of the wildlife Federation to be on our podcast. Um, and they've agreed, and I hope that they still come on, because I would like to ask them, what the, are you thinking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Second thing that that I have a problem with in, in the legislative audit, or the legislative review, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> is that they are um, suggesting that to be more efficient that you combine game and fish with other like-minded natural resources entities mm-hmm. such as state parks such as mm-hmm. i don't mm, state land i don't know i don't know who they're they're thinking of but that's a again i think to give credit to the wildlife federation on the one thing that i think they uh-huh. got right in that article yeah.
1: the only thing
0: and bha was less um direct in their article yeah but they're just discreet but they yeah they were just pushing mm-hmm. uh, you know the same doing that is a, a huge mistake for our wildlife yeah it, it's because a that monster have, mistake they have been trying to raid the game and fish mm-hmm. funds forever they've been trying to be for state parks one because state parks is unsustainable yep State Parks takes a ton of general funds. Mm -hmm. And again, if you don't know this, I will repeat it again. Game and Fish, and they said it in the audit, Mm -hmm. Game and Fish takes absolutely no general funds to operate.
1: Right here on page number four, the fourth paragraph down, Major Revenue Sources. The Department of Game and Fish receives no support from the State General Fund. Instead, the department receives two main types of revenue from federal excise taxes on hunting and fishing equipment, permit, and licensing fees for hunting, fishing, and other outdoor recreation activities. That's where they get their money. And the government has had their eye on that money for generations. But it's ours.
0: It's a a horrible idea because, and what they want to do, is they want that money to be able Mm -hmm. to go to other projects, mm-hmm. and so now what's happening is that game and fish, hunting, fishing, mm-hmm. and trapping dollars mm-hmm. are going towards state parks and doing infrastructure in state parks, mm-hmm. so that who can come in Great and American take up Outdoors all Act. of our Great state American parks. Great American Outdoors Act. Great American Outdoors Act. <laughs> <laughs> non-residents, so yeah. yeah, non-residents come in and use yeah. our state parks.
1: Non-residents come in and use those state parks, but and spend all that money here but you know we don't want them here. Yep. We don't want them to come in and we don't want to get to, we're a tourist state. I yep. mean that we get the vast majority of our money comes from tourism and oil.
0: Yep.
1: So there you go.
0: There you go. So <clears throat> it's a it's a it's a bad road to head down. Please don't buy into No.
1: No, fight it. Fight it right the wildlife federation. They're not going to listen. But write them anyway. Tell write them.
0: Write your legislators. Yeah,
1: write your legislators. You know, tell them that's this is not what we want nope. because it's not. It's not. It's not going to be a, a good deal. So the first couple of years, you, you, there's probably going to be more tags available. Probably the odds of your of drawing a tag are going to increase. You know, one or two or three percent. Yeah you know but and if you're if you're the type of hunter that's selfish and that's all you care about is just the opportunity to draw another tag support the shit out of this but if you care about your kids being able to hunt you better think twice if
0: you care about the animals that you hunt mm-hmm. you better think
1: twice. well and that's and that's it i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm not one of those who are gonna say that i just care about the animals because they want to, i want to hunt them I want them to be sustainable and viable for generations to come because I love hunting them. I want my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids to be able to hunt them as well. That's why. I'm I'm not going to beat around the bush and be a, you know, it's important, you know, the animals. I like hunting them. That's why I want them to be here. And I want them to be here for a long time so other people can hunt them.
0: Yeah. I think, I guess kind of to wrap this this podcast up, I I always have a problem whenever... Somebody attacks something but doesn't have uh, for better lack or lack of a better word, a fix for it. Mm. I think we've pretty pretty succinctly put forth that there are some changes that need to happen to the E plus system. I agree with that part. Namely yeah. our our unit wide system. Yeah. We really need to evaluate and audit that unit wide system mm-hmm. and see who is benefiting and and turn that benefit towards the public owners, yeah,
1: and and heck, I'm even on the you know, and me and you may disagree about this a little bit, but I'm even on the side of hey, if if we're giving all these authorizations to private land owners, you know, maybe for every ten authorizations they get, they got to allow a resident on. It. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with with working together to come up with solutions that does increase resident odds but i'm not I am not at all ever in favor of taking from one to give to another yeah you got to work together as a community to come up with the best process for what we all want
0: yeah. and i think <clears throat> so the other the other point that they made on the e plus system through this this legislative audit was that. Non non residents who use the E plus system are not doing harvest reporting. Oh yeah, which is which is true, and so yeah, we we that's something that can change. Yeah. Um, you put the honors on the landowners yeah. um, in in the contract that they sign that says <clears throat> whether it's me or the hunter, those hunt those hunt
1: harvest, harvest reports, reports will, will be, be dead. put in. Yeah, it, it, that's just lazy right there. Yeah, okay, that's that's just throwing a number out there and they put some, they put some statistics on here. Let me see if I can find that real quick because it's just stupid.
0: And before you say that there's no accountability, there is, if, if, if they do, don't do a harvest report, then they cannot buy a license next year, next year. Yeah. That person, or any that, year that individual, until they pay, until they do the harvest report yeah. and they pay a late fine. Now, Having said that, there's a lot of non-residents who come here and don't ever come here again. Cool. But, again, that's something that could be improved, and that, that's an easy fix.
1: It's a super easy fix. Like you said, put the onus on the landowners. Mm-hmm. You know, if their hunter doesn't mm-hmm. fill out his harvest report, they don't get that tag again next yeah. year. You I, need you need know? It's, it's, it's just simple. It's just simple to fix. And I hate the laziness you can't use that. You can't use those lazy um, tools to push your agenda. Yeah. But they're not reporting. I said, so make them report. <laughs> Come on. Pretty <Report> easy. Ah, <sighs> I wanted to find that, but I'm I'm just too frustrated to look for it. <laughs> it's in the report. Go it find the, it. It is in the and report. And it's it's you know. Yeah, here it is. Hunters buying elk licenses from private landowners are less likely to submit a hunting report. For the 2018 hunt, 7,843 of the 13,000 hunters who purchased private land elk licenses reported back to the department. That is a very low percentage. On public land, it's 92%. I get that. And those numbers are important. So 66% of, of private land hunters reported. Yeah. Again, that's an easy fix. That's that's not a reason to get rid of the plus, But they cited it anyway. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Don't be lazy.
0: Don't be lazy. That and, yeah. I'm rehashing. I'm done.
1: All right. <laughs> um, go check this article out. We'll put a link up for you. Um, it's.
0: As much as I hate to. It's
1: about a 41-page report. The. Go look at the uh, New Mexico Wildlife Federation article. It's four or five pages of crap. Um, go look at the BHA article. I didn't actually read that one. The BHA um,
0: article was actually probably a little more
1: neutral. It's
0: neutral. Yeah. Um, but you could still tell there was some, I mean, they, they, they're they not um, shy about saying that they actively are trying to get rid of the e-plus they've
1: personally told us that they are yeah you know so i know that they want to get rid of it and 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 i know that in that article yeah and i know what they view they view the arizona system as the gold standard well cool go live in arizona (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know if it's so dang nice you know go go collect points over there yeah leave us alone for Pete's sake. Communists. <laughs> I'm out. Adios. Adios.
0: Thanks for joining the Not a Grande Outdoors Podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.natagrandeoutdoors.com Adios. Adios.